you've just entered the, uh, the law offices of Quibble Squabble and Bicker. If you've come for actual legal advice, you need to turn right around, honey. You need to get out of here, because you ain't going to get none of that. They quibble, and they squabble, and they bicker. But if you want to hear meaningless opinions, this is the right place. They got plenty of that. Stuff that makes no sense at all. They go off on tangents. It's crazy talk. If that's your thing, keep listening. They'll keep talking. Welcome back to the Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker. Your hosts are Greg, Brendan, and Matt. And we have another new client. We pick them up so 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 frequently. We're, we're doing well. We're entering in the uh, realm of family law this particular uh, day with diets and their bastard children. That is our new client. And uh, essentially the, the concept of getting into this is because I am morbidly, morbidly obese and uh, over the centuries that I've been in existence, or at least the decades, I've uh, attempted various different diets and uh, success in various different ways. And uh, now I'm doing this new thing called fasting, which isn't new, obviously. It's been around for millennia because whenever the first caveman left his cave and didn't know what he could eat, he began his fast right there. So there's this unintentional fasting has been around, yes, forever. <laughs> I think it's they, I think, hunger, Matt. I think they it's called, called starvation. it starvation. Right? Yes. <laughs> I think the, diff the difference between fasting and starvation is that with fasting, you know you can have a meal when you're done. Yeah. With starvation, you don't know when the meal's coming. But you it's always luxury. I've always felt very, um, I've never felt the victim of my weight because I know that I'm the one who created it. Whenever I hear people say, oh, I just can't lose weight, my general mantra was, you know, if you stop eating, you're going to lose weight. Regardless of who you are, regardless of thyroid conditions, regardless of anything um, involving weird body issues, if you stop eating, you will just lose weight. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. Because for one thing, just moving your body around takes a certain amount of energy, so that will burn the calories. That but that's so much harder than actually doing it, because eating is so pleasurable. It's very hard, and for some people, it is harder. Like I have a very high metabolism. I've been uh -huh. overweight my whole life. Yeah. I should be fatter, because yeah. I could eat so much. I should be. I should have been six hundred pounds. But some people, they barely get to eat anything all day, and they'll still gain weight. Even they got to have two little meals, and it's like. Well, yeah, weight. I'm not saying that it's it's not hard to yeah, it's very hard to, to just not is. eat. I'm saying is that that will happen though. It's like if you really, oh, of course, really, really, really wanted to lose weight, that is the way to do it. With well, the hard thing is essentially having good discipline. That's really what it comes down to. Is like, Which brings in diets because I think diets often they offer the the painless way to lose weight, where it's like, oh no, this is like it'll trick your body. You'll get to eat all you want. Or, they, they always like make it seem like it's it's easier than it should be because they have some trick. Uh, the they? guys who make diets like, oh, this guy, you can eat all the fats you want and you can't eat any bread and you can eat like a pound of cheese every day. And, you know, some people can do that. I, I love cheese. I can. But then, yeah, you know, they, there was their fatty. Uh, I'm sorry. F-A-D-D. Fatty diets. Fattish. And it seems like they always gain the weight back. It's just like kind of like Americans, I think, want to get uh, easy fix without the work. We don't want to work hard and show willpower and 
do okay. it the hard way. So my question is, yes. as the fake law firm of <laughs> Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker. Since we're in family are, law today. Yeah. Are we prosecuting diets? Are we putting diets on trial or are we defending diets? Well, I don't know that we're prosecuting or defending. I think what we're doing is we're exploring whether there's a need for either. You know, because I think there's definitely a need for dieting. Some people, you got to lose weight. Some people got to lose weight. It's unhealthy. Like yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I so my question, weight. my question is, so, so you brought up Greg fad diets, which you know, there's, there's countless of them, and they, they, they go through, you know, society like at least every four or five years. Most of them seem to be the same or similar. Some outliers, like I, I, I have a friend who's doing a carnivore diet. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very popular one right now. Yeah, he just eats meat or, like, roadkill or fucking something. <laughs> so he's just, like, gnawing on possums at the side of the road? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the Florida man version of the uh, carnivore diet. It's like dead gators. Ah, yeah. Dead gators, mine. armadillos, possums, yeah. Well, I know there's a couple of doctors advocating the carnivore diet, and I know with the fasting that I'm doing right now, carnivore is one of the things that people are doing whenever they do decide to eat. Now, I'm not doing a diet per se, because fasting isn't a diet. It's just deciding when you're going to eat again. And uh, so, so then you're just deciding not to eat and then deciding to eat. That's the Right. It's not like what I'm eating isn't the issue so much you know although i'm trying to keep it more of a lower carb diet whenever i do whenever i do eat but uh, for the most part it's maintaining two particular mantras while i'm doing this which is one is no snacking so i eat within a particular prescribed period of time and then i just don't snack the rest of the time and then the other one is riding the hunger wave that's one of the mantras of this particular method that i'm doing which is the concept which I didn't really realize or think about before I got involved in it is the idea that hunger doesn't keep building and building and building and building. It has a peak and then it drops. So mm. they basically give you methods to distract yourself to get beyond whenever you're hitting a lot of hunger. And so applying those particular methods has actually been weirdly successful for me. I really thought I was going to have a much, much harder time, but generally I'm eating right now one meal a day without any snacking you know and uh, it hasn't really been too hard to make it happen uh one of the things i do if i get really hungry is i'll drink water i'll drink seltzer water um i also have like the little vial of uh himalayan salt and so you take a few grains of salt whenever you're feeling hungry and it tends to diminish the hunger pangs have you ever have you ever thought of like mixing the uh, salt with just tequila? Well, tequila. One of the main reasons I'm doing this is because I, uh, I have diabetes, and so they found that with fasting, it actually can reduce to a large extent your blood sugar. Oh. So that's kind of the main. It wasn't really the fat dealing with, but it was that. But you know, I've got many other different issues going on because of the fat, and so if if that works too, then that'll be helpful but the main thing is try and reverse the diabetes so in terms of tequila there's a lot of sugar in tequila but that tequila is like one of the alcohols that lessens the effect of um of blood sugar being pushed up in other words tequila doesn't push it up as much as other alcohols do like beer or yeah jaegermeister beer has a lot of sugar in it i'm not sure about jaegermeister meister or mustard i can't be good either one 
because I was never like a huge fan of Jägermeister anyway. So it's terrible, but it's not very really sweet. into licorice tasting alcohol. Yeah, no. Like, so, so, so that, my bro- my, my brother in law is doing one where he, he he doesn't eat breakfast. Like uh-huh. that's really the central key. So, it's intermittent fasting. I have no idea, but but all I know is that when he was visiting, he was like, "Oh no, I don't eat breakfast." Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Well, it's the most important meal of the day." And he's like, "Ah, that's bullshit." You know? Yeah, he's right. It pretty much is. <laughs> I don't. I don't like breakfast. I don't care. I'm not a big breakfast person myself, to be completely honest. I don't get hungry till around like noon or one anyway. No, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. adages that have been thrown into us from various different ideologies regarding food and eating but in reality it just comes down to are you getting the nutrition that you need in a particular day and um how do you handle that so uh, with for, for me you mentioned intermittent fasting yeah it started off with intermittent intermittent fasting for me which is i would have a have a six hour window where i would have a couple of meals in that six hour window and then yeah. fast for i think it was 18 hours and now i'm down to one one meal a day and i actually want to get to what's called extended fasting uh which is doing um 36 to uh, 48 hours of fasting mm-hmm. and uh because supposedly and i don't know if it's true but i've been looking into it further it's supposed to help the body out even further it puts you into the the thing called ketosis where the body is using your fat as energy as opposed to glucose and sugar as energy so that's where that's supposed to be the most effective. But anyway. So when I did a fast, I did a two-week fast a couple times, actually 15 days, and I couldn't eat anything. So but how did I, you handle the hunger when you were doing it for 14 well, days? Well, it's weird. After the second day, it wasn't even a willpower thing. I have no willpower at all. That's why I'm fat and I smoke too much. I just like my pleasures and I can't say no. But I didn't care. It's almost like food became irrelevant after a couple of days and it wasn't even the struggle. And I'd see someone eating and I wouldn't be like, oh my God, that looks so good. I wish I could do that. I'd, I'd just be like, what, what is that guy doing? That's, I forgot. What is that? Thing. Is that called <laughs> eating? Eat it? Wait, you, suddenly, you suddenly became the Little Mermaid. You go, what, <laughs> yeah. What's the thing that you walk on feet. How do they use that? A fork? What are they doing? Why, eating? Why is that person putting organic material into their mouth and chewing and swallowing? I don't understand anymore. But it, it was um. They're like hands no and knees eating. on their front lawn, just chewing away. But I can't imagine. I was doing caloric intake. It was the thing they called the lemonade fast, where I'd make this almost like glucose solution of. Pure maple syrup, lemon juice, or just squeeze lemons into water, and cayenne pepper for some reason. I think to yeah. keep your metabolism up. And my I was stuck that. on that. Yeah, I was well, stuck on it all day. And sometimes I would feel dizzy and lightheaded, and my fingers would tingle. Yeah, that that diet actually them. came out in 1941. The one you're really? talking about. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I did it in the 90s. Cravings for junk food, alcohol, tobacco, and drugs, and it was a mixture of lemon or lime juice, maple syrup, water, and cayenne pepper. But it was supposed to be six times a day for at least ten days. Well, I drink it constantly. I I would just have it near myself. Any any time I felt dizzy, I just slurped some down. Uh, but I didn't eat one thing for you know didn't chew anything. I guess I should say I was technically eating. I was having caloric intake. Uh-huh. But it was I, I it was amazing the energy I had during it. Pure strength was diminished. If I had to lift a base amp when we were on tour, it was harder, and I could feel my limbs shaking almost. So but you were like, as, it became a, a tiny little man at that point. I wasn't. It was weird. In two weeks, I did lose like twenty pounds. It was probably didn't help. I, I lost a lot of weight really quick, but um, my energy level was so high. The amazing thing, which I wanted to share with you guys today, when I found out about our client, is. You know, you basically stop excreting after a couple of days. You got nothing left to poop, right? 
Yeah. But on the sixth or seventh day of these fasts, because I did like five of them over the years, is you have this mysterious phantom poop where I don't know where it comes from because you haven't eaten in five days. I guess it's some shit that's been in your colon for years. And when you have that solid poop, the first solid poop you've had in days, you feel so fucking good. It's almost like this euphoria just rushes through every cell in your body. It's amazing. It's really weird. Wow. Sounds like a good one. (laughs) It was a good poop. And this it happened was, every time you did two weeks. Yeah, back. like the fifth, sixth, seventh day, like way after the last time I had a solid poop. Because sometimes it's kind of gross, but you actually just poop kind of like watery. Yeah. It's almost like diarrhea. I mean, every time you do poop a little, barely though. You poop like every two days. And it's just this kind of diarrhea comes out. And then you have this, and it was a real solid poop. It's solid. And you're like, how the fuck was that in my colon all these years? Or who knows how long it was in there. It was just some poop paste that you had building up. Inside. Yeah, but it was it was and almost worth like the whole two of, weeks. Like a ball of clay within you. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Essentially, it's just from all that Play-Doh you ate as a child. It could have been. It's, it's probably meat, though, could've... to be honest. All the pork I've eaten and steak. Well, I came across this interesting article. It's called The Long, Strange History of Dieting Fads. And whenever you were talking about yours, I remember that it was in that article and I had it handy. But apparently going back to um, a book, or uh, probably the first diet book ever published a, from William Banting, A Letter on Corpulence. He begins the book with this quote, Of all the parasites that affect humanity, I do not know of, nor can I imagine, any more distressing than that of obesity. What year was this written? 1864. Because hmm. apparently he was eating a lot of bread and potatoes and sugar and what have you, and then he changed it by eating mostly meat, fish, and vegetables. So maybe that was like the first fad diet. But, uh, you know, apparently back in uh, 1028 with William the Conqueror, he became really overweight, and he went on a liquid diet that consisted of almost nothing but alcohol. And so, apparently, Greg, uh, if you just get rid of all your food and just drink booze, you can be like William the Conqueror. That's what I've been doing. I've been trying. You'll be, be doing dead. At, you'll be dead at ten years in the past. I don't know when <laughs> I William the Conqueror no. died, but I bet he didn't make it to fifty. No, what happened was he lost so much weight he could keep riding his horse, but then he had a riding accident that led to his untimely death. So. You know, there's that mm. that trade-off. You finally get to do the thing that makes you happy, but then it kills you. So if you're like, I lost all this weight, and so I went rock climbing and fell off a cliff. Right. Yeah. You go, you go up onto a volcano and you fall into the volcano because you're finally had enough energy and lack of weight, so you can make it so up. So you're, your you're saying don't better. don't do, uh, lose weight ever. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> the moral don't of the story. try to lose weight. Stay obese. Stay fat forever. <laughs> Deal with the other so issues. Matt- yeah. Is it, so, so you said that the, the primary reason for what you're doing is is diabetes. So you're not really looking like getting on the scale and measuring yourself and plotting that, or are you doing that as well? No, I'm not doing that. Man, for for one of the main reasons I'm not weighing myself is because no scales go up as high as my freaking weight, except like the industrial scales they have at meatpacking plants <laughs> and, and at my doctor's office. You know, so I, I haven't. The last visit from my doctors when I started looking, I found out about the fasting thing by accident. I was just flipping through stuff on YouTube, and I was like, all right, this guy's kind of making some weird kind of sense because it goes along with my concept of if you want to lose weight, don't eat. But then he goes into more detail about how it affects diabetes. And I went, oh, okay, well, this is more of what I'm interested in. And so, and I realized I really need to do something because before I used to say I'm the healthiest fat man people would know. 
but then my blood sugar went, not my blood sugar my uh, blood pressure went up and my my cholesterol level was up and I'm like okay obviously that theory no longer applies I'm no longer the healthiest fat person just I know, like I'm the highest functioning I'm now like, like I know. every other goddamn morbidly obese dumbass who let himself get to this particular situation because he really enjoyed food and hated exercising so um right so anyway Me i thought too. i'd check into it and there was so many different theories i just went to the to the guy who's been espousing this theory since about what 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 about the theory right what about the theory and i've i've read this or heard this that you know if you uh don't feed your body uh-huh. like for extended periods of time right that the body reacts by thinking oh god we're gonna die and holds on to fat. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've read that. Dude, yeah, your metabolism lowers. Like, right. Because of that. Well, I, I haven't done the extended fast at all. So, and I haven't really looked into the research that much. I'm basically just getting myself used to the one-a-day thing, which actually it was able to maintain throughout the vacation I was on. And so I was going to wait till I got back home and got settled again to start trying the extended fast. So yeah. that theory, I don't know if that applies, but they've been using patients on this method for at least, I think, 10 years now. This particular doctor out of Canada, his name's uh, Dr. Edward Fung, and um, people get oh. the most benefit out of the 36 to 48-hour fasting of any of the fasts that people do. Like, that's when your body starts to switch things around. But the basic concept is this. Your body operates, for the most part, off of sugar, carbs. Carbs basically turn into sugar in your system after you eat them. That turns into something called glycogen in your liver. And what happens is the body uses the glycogen as the energy source. And so every time you eat something, it goes into that area. You don't get into the, the fat burning. So you have to burn off the glycogen before the body will start using fat as energy. And once it gets through the fat, it'll start actually taking fat from the the excess fat stores. It'll start taking fat from your skin. So in this case with fasting, people who got those big body folds of skin that are left over after doing like heavy exercise or doing other different forms of dieting where they have like floppy arms and stuff, the fasting actually handles that. You don't get those particular scaffolds wow. from the fasting if you do the extended fast because the body will start using the fat stores from the skin and shrinks the skin. That's that's, that's the argument. But okay. I think I, where I'm headed yes. is that I want to replace my heart with a second liver so I can drink more and care less. I think the problem with replacing your heart with the liver will be the lack of blood flow. Yeah, the liver doesn't really help with the blood flow. Yeah, I think what will happen is you'll get extra clean blood that's left, but the blood won't actually get through your liver. So whatever's stuck in your liver after the removal of the heart, that'll be really clean because it'll keep getting clean over and over again, but there'll be nothing to push the blood around in your body. You didn't really think this through, gone. did you, Brendan? Huh? Yeah, you didn't Brendan. Really think it through. You could have replaced it with a gallbladder, had the same bad effect. <laughs> yeah, but then there's the drinking part, you know? Yeah, there's the gall part. Yeah, you get more drinking, you'll die happy. Maybe if you blood. just add an extra liver to your current liver, like have that stapled to it. Yeah. I think you need room in there. I think you've uh, got to find some room. Liver's kind get, of a big thing. Yeah, but if you get rid of like all the extra fat, or get rid of a lung. Get rid of Appendix. one of the lungs. Put a liver up where that lung is, or a kidney, you know, because we found a lot of people can live without one lung. And Isn't the appendix vestigial? 
You don't even need your appendix. It's there to send you to the hospital. I think that's what its purpose is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so get rid of that. Put in a it's liver. Teeny. It's you get, teeny. A, you get a tiny liver. Um, you can like put in a chicken liver then in that case. Chicken liver is not A full human liver. You did you also hear the theory that... a frog uh, liver. Did you also hear the theory that if you fast really strictly, like starvation, it doesn't just attack your fat, unfortunately. You'd think it would. It also attacks like the walls of your heart to muscle tissue. I've heard this well, theory. It, I don't doesn't, know it doesn't go to the muscle to the muscle tissue until it exhausts every other fat store that's out there. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Which My is dad... why people will lose it from the skin because the fat is within the skin. Okay. But I, also, if you're getting to that stage, you need to eat something. So that's mm-hmm. when, you know, if it's finally the case, you know, the main thing this doctor recommends, he's like, listen, if you're not feeling well, break the fast, eat something. He's like, I'm not making any money off of people not eating anything. Like eat something, you know, yeah. whatever you want to eat, but eat something if you're not feeling well. I'm like, oh, that's like stupid common sense stuff. This guy is. So in your out. in your one meal a day, yeah, what are you eating? Pretty much whatever I kind of feel like eating, um, but I'm trying to kind of keep it low carb. But you know, it's it's been varying because of the whole vacation thing. So I'm trying to get back into yeah, it. Sure. Basically, what did I had yesterday? I had um, this really good beef jerky I bought in Redmond, Oregon, on the way back home. And they had um, this is it was like this butcher shop where they made their own. It was like uh, the beef jerky was about about a foot long and slightly thick, and yeah. so it was and it they seasoned it really well, so it was really good. And like some cheeses that were in a bag with some other sliced meats that they had. Beef so. jerky and salt might not be the best in terms of high blood pressure, yeah. Um, and well, that's the thing is I'm not too concerned about I'm not overdoing salt. Oh, okay. It's not really salt that's affecting me so much as the excess weight is really doing it, putting that ah, kind of pressure on me. You know, it's funny the way his head looks right now. It looks like the top part of Zippy the Pinhead. Ernie from Bert and Ernie, but Zippy the yes. Pinhead is way more accurate. Oh, actually, Bert works too because he's got that little tuft of hair on the top of his head, and it's kind of coming to a peak. As well, so it's like your head is actually pointed, Greg. I never noticed that before. That's you... the angle. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe good. it's the angle, but it was an awesome visual to start with. It's like it's like oh, it's going to his point. It's Greg the Pinhead. And, <laughs> I've been I, called that. I had promised to be nicer to you, so I need to work on that. So I apologize. For I don't that. mind looking like Zippy. He's a handsome okay. Pinhead. He's a very good looking. As pinhead. Pinheads go. Yeah, He's the more handsome, handsome of the pinheads. <laughs> so how many pinheads do you possibly know? Oh, a lot. I know a lot of circus folk. <laughs> dog face boys. Really? Yeah. You have, like, good friends who are circus folk? Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a carny type. You know, I'm well, a low carny, life. Carny and circuses are a little bit different. Slightly. Yeah, all my friends are, like, low life like that. Hang out with I, a lot of guys who wrestle gators. And you're you're about to, like, destroy our entire carny listenership. <laughs> I, I was going to say that, oh, that was a little classist of me. I'm sorry, Carnies. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize, if you, Carnies. If you come to Florida, uh, I can take you to the town, which is about two hours south of where I am, which is where Barnum and Bailey Circus housed all the freaks. My friends live there. Oh, really? They live in that town, yeah. They said all around them are all these... Uh, Museums and the friends you were things. talking about that are the, the dogs. No, these aren't the carny folk. This is the upper higher class of people. Oh, they're caterers, but, but they live there. Yes, now they do. And and they, they cater to those people. Saratoga apparently is like the center of all. They don't retire there, right? 
right, Brandon? Now there's a little town. It's a little town, and it's got an odd name. It's not Saratoga. It's something odd. I think. Yeah, it's outside of Saratoga. Yeah, it's outside. Yeah, and uh, that is specifically like there's a a there was an X Files episode that took place in the town, which is a great X Files episode if you're into that show. And then second, they have this town hall where they have like pictures of like you know Lobster Boy and the Bearded Lady and Dog Kid and all that kind of stuff like up like you know founding fathers of the city. So <laughs> dog dog kid was the founding father. It was like part dog, part goat. Part kid, part dog, part I don't have no idea. He was the first alderman of this town. He's an alderman. Yeah. <laughs> dog kid. <laughs> so that's where the pinheads live. So basically what he's saying, Greg, is that you could live there as a pinhead, do well. But also, you know, he's giving you the other invitation for you to get as many guns as you want from previous episode. Oh yeah! Come to Florida. I'll there's get a, you guns. There's a lot of advantages of living in Florida. And then if you have guns while you're amongst these circus folk, then you can even do target practice. I could rule them. Could. I could have an, a legion of freaks at my command. Did you say an allegiance to freaks? A legion. A legion of freaks. Yes. Who would who would bow down before my gun? What What would you have them? They do? all have guns too, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, but he would have the one gun to rule them all. <laughs> One yes. gun to bind them. One okay. gun in the darkness. Something or other. <laughs> Whatever the freaking rhyme is. Don't but, mess with Lobster Boy. So, Greg, what would you do if you had, like, a, a town of freaks to do your bidding? What would you have them do for you? I'd send them off to murder my enemies, probably, first of all. Who are, is that me? What are you talking about? Sometimes, Matt. It's the way you talk to me. So, <laughs> I I, maybe you should take that twice. <laughs> before, before you move to Florida and run the freaks? Send them I, after me to kill me. I maybe if depends I've, on how nice you I've always been nice to you. I just want to make that <laughs> yes. clear. He is Brendan's not on, often. The, on the hit list yet. Right. Yet. He could he could rule the he could rule them with you. Yes. You know, arm in arm, you would both be the leaders of the freak town. But I've always felt you? like a freak myself. An inner freak. Right. That's how you could rule them. You would appear to be one of them. But yeah. again, okay, so you have them go and kill your enemies. How, how long is that list of enemies you have, Greg? It's quite a lot at this point. I mean, yeah. I've lived a while. I'm 52, and yes. I've made a lot of enemies in my time. What has made these? What what has made these people your enemies? What have you done, or what have they done for you to consider? Usual jealousy. Uh, a lot of people are jealous of my success in life. <laughs> as a, you know, I'm a very successful hamburger flipper at a restaurant. Okay, I can see the jealousy there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I get so, it. Totally. Um, especially yeah. if they're morbidly obese. I've risen to the top of my field, and so a lot of people want to tear you down. You know how it is when you're at the top of the mountain. Everyone how many burgers you can you flip in an hour? Oh, I've never counted, but millions. <laughs> Probably millions, at least. You you know, I don't know how many. Millions in an hour. <laughs> I said I'm good, man. I'm not shooting you. All right, I'm so in five minutes, then. In a five-minute span of time. I want to see how yeah. your math works. In a five-minute span of time, how many burgers could you flip in five minutes? Uh, a thousand, at least. A thousand. Yeah. How would that get you to millions by the end of the say, hour? They, they got to be closer to about 100,000 I think we've, we've learned why he is a burger flipper. <laughs> 150. No, you, horrible, you don't get it. Horrible at math. After uh, a while, you get into a groove, and then you get faster and faster. It's logarithmic, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like multiplies by 10 each time. 
Yeah, you can't even see my hands. It's like a hummingbird's wings. It's like if you got a penny and then doubled it and then doubled it and then doubled it again. Compound like, burgers, yes. It's compound, compound. burger flipping. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at the top of the field, obviously. So we've, we would have heard yeah. about you in some world record thing, I would say. I would also, like, it would be fun for them to perform for me. Uh -huh. you know, I'd have, hey, sword swallower, can you suck this down your throat? Let's hand them some crazy thing. Baseball bat. Some crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, baseball bat. No one's heard of those. I know, but to swallow, that's hard. So, you know, it would be entertaining. Yes. It's like I a don't whole, know. A I, whole I, tree, I, I, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bush. An oleander swallow. bush. <laughs> I, I went there and I came away just wanting to really take a shower and contemplate how fucked up humanity was. But they just look me. different than us. They're not dirty. Well, maybe they were. Maybe he hung no, out with the dirty No, no, no. It wasn't that they were dirty. It's that they were exploited in this sort of weird fashion. Oh, yeah. And now there's a whole monument to their exploitation. It'd be like going to a, a town where they just really celebrated slavery and like had, you know, pictures of people being whipped or something. And, and it was supposed to be kind of fun, not like introspective and you, at the end you're emotionally wrecked and you cry. But like, you're like, wow, look at that. Wow, that's pretty fun. I don't know. I, I just, Sucks I to be you, know. lobster boy. Hell, ha. Huh? So what did what did you see there, Brendan, that caused this emotional reaction with you? I mean, I don't know this place, and I don't really understand how. Well, this this, this gets into a real Florida sounding story, but I'll okay. be brief. That's what you're here for is the Florida stories. So, and this is family law, so it all makes sense. Yeah. So one uh, summer, for extra money, we decided to sell as a family and as a part children. of a fundraiser to sell fireworks. Okay. So you have to go to the fireworks depot to get your fireworks from the fireworks wholesaler supplier or whatever. It just so happened that the closest, for whatever reason, that whatever firework organization we were involved with, the closest place to go pick up fireworks was the Freak Town. So here I am. And it's driving... not called Freak Town, though. It's called something. No, I think it was. <laughs> it's got a real name. Uh, Freakville. Yeah, so Freak I ended up driving this U-Haul truck. I'm already pretty Florida with my two kids who were at that time like maybe 11 and 13 mm -hmm. down to this Freaktown place to pick up the fireworks. I didn't realize where I was going until I walked into the place where we're all supposed to line up and then they call your name and then you sign off and you put your stuff in the truck and all that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, where am I? And the place, the, the building has no air conditioning. It's late June in Florida, which means it's god awful. Miserable, right, yeah. Miserable. Yeah. My kids and I are just sweating and I'm looking around and all of a sudden my eye catches the, the pictures on the wall and my daughter goes, dad, what's wrong with those people? And I'm like, I don't know. Everything. And then we had this whole conversation <laughs> about it. And then I feel bad because it was kind of like, well, maybe this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm treading on some sort of ethnic pride thing. So I just shut up and then I took my fireworks and I got the hell out of there. So this was in the town, but in the, the fireworks place, they had pictures of these people. The, you picked up your fireworks place from the community hall, which was like the main community center in downtown. So that's um, where everybody goes to hang out on weekends. Yeah, downtown yeah they probably pay Lobster Boy Bingo, maybe. I have no idea. 
Right, pinhead karaoke. Pinhead karaoke. <laughs> there is the other side of the the freak argument where they like back then they couldn't have any other job. So a lot of those freaks they knew they were being exploited, but they were like when they got rid of the freak shows due to people's concerns that it was exploitative, they weren't happy. They, I've read books by these people, you know, about these people, and they were like, this is the only place we could have gotten money. Nobody's gonna hire us to be a waiter. We're too ugly and weird looking. People wouldn't hire us. So it was kind of a weird thing where they were being exploited. It was basically preying on man's cruelest impulses because, ah, look at that. That guy's a freak. Ha ha. But th they needed that job. That was the only way they could get a living, make a living. Well, that's how people yeah. work in radio. No, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, maybe it was just my non-freak guilt. Yeah, yeah, but it is true. It is a horrible thing in a way that like people used to pay to just yeah, non-freak privilege, I think. Yes, <laughs> non-freak privilege. I'm freak. I'm non-freak privilege. I'm freak free. Well, I identify as a freak, so so oh, you, well, you self-identify as a freak, so you'll yes. be moving there. I guess I it depends upon your definition of freak. Is like, what is freak a bad word? I mean, I guess it depends if you're using it as a pejorative statement or. What about a super freak? That sounds pretty good. That's funky. I think that's yeah, that what sounds that is. fun. I want to be super freak. freak. The weird Super thing is, is though, with Brendan's backdrop of the burgers and the fries and things like that, I kept envisioning these people as the burgers and fries that he was talking about behind him. Those are the pictures of the freaks. Like, I could see the image of people within it, like a weird fast food Rorschach test. Dude, you're so hungry right now. You're like one of those old cartoon characters on the desert island where he sees his buddy as a hot dog and he sees his other buddy as a hamburger. Honestly, I'm not actually hungry right now. I was hungry about five minutes ago, but at the moment I'm not hungry because you know, one of the things you. is, right, the distraction causes, it lets the hunger go away, you know, if you don't mm -hmm. pay attention. And apparently it's actually eating that's the addictive thing. When you start eating, then you want to eat more. Right? Yeah. But if once you stop it and decide you're not having any more, then it's a lot easier to handle. It's like while you're eating, it's the harder part. So I have found myself doing more gorging during this where I've like let my discipline go out. But I think a large part of that I was I was justifying it by being on vacation so that um, I would have the reason to, you know, I'm on vacation, I can do these things. Yeah. Now you find these weird justifications to be morbidly obese, and I have a lot. You know what's another interesting thing about fasting is I had so much free time. Just the idea of thinking where you're going to go out to eat or what you're going to cook, doing yeah. the dishes when you're done. It seemed like every day I had an extra two or three hours, like more, to do whatever the fuck I wanted. It was just yeah, I made like a list of projects so that I could like start working on things during like when the hunger pangs hit it's something to do yeah. to distract you from that so i started like clearing things out of my office and finally handing stuff that is in boxes even though we've lived in the house for three years that we're not moving from you know but we still have stupid shit in boxes which makes no damn sense it, something i've been trying to figure out is like why is that the case why would you keep stuff in boxes if you're not planning on moving mm -hmm. get rid of it or find a place for it and get rid of the freaking boxes you know, I think it's this old habit of having moved often in my life where I've always think that I need to have stuff put aside. Anyway, hey, Greg, um, you're making a lot of weird noises right now. Oh, my God. It's so quiet. I thought I was being. Well, you were, but. Here comes Kilroy. Peering up. His zippy's back. We just see his eyebrows come. Oh, there he is. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get this on YouTube. 
right? Like the tuft of hair is slowly coming into the visual screen. <laughs> Sorry for all of you listeners, you're not getting the full impact. If anybody really wants us to start putting things on YouTube, it's okay to email us if you want or post to Twitter. It's qsblawoffices at gmail.com. That is our email address. If, if anybody's actually listening to the show, I don't know that anybody really is besides us. And I question the two of you. I know that I listen to it just because I edit the thing afterwards. So I know that I hear it at least once afterwards. But I listen uh, to it once. Once. Me too. Okay. All right. Yeah, usually Thursday or Friday, like after everybody's gone to bed, <laughs> and I put in my <laughs> headphones and I listen to it just to think about like how the show went. Yeah. How could it have been better? But I only right. listen once. So. If we're only listing once, 27 of our 30 listeners are not us. Well, I found what that number is, is actually the listeners you have for that most recent episode. So that's where that listenership comes from. So it'll it'll vary from, uh, listen, from uh, episode to episode. So if somebody listens to episode, say, five, uh-huh. and then tunes back in for episode nine... They count at five and at nine? Yeah, I think they're counted as extra listeners. It's not a cumulative... Right, the only thing that's cumulative is the number of plays for each episode. Right, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but listenership, from what I've been told about the Anchor way, that's what happens. Anyway, we've we've gone off on a tangent. I don't know why that happens. How does that happen? But we're we're dealing with diets and their bastard children, so... I was thinking the fasting thing was more of like the bastard children. And then you have like the weird diets that people come up with. In 1558, there was an Italian nobleman, Luigi Cornaro, who restricted himself daily to 12 ounces of food and 14 ounces of wine. And that's all mm-hmm. that he had every day. And 12 ounces of food, what's that? That's like... Uh, three quarters of a pound. Two so quarter like... pounders, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say it's a, it's a yeah. good sized hamburger. Yeah, 14 ounces of wine. But the rumor is that he lived to the age of 102. You know, the people who were in the biosphere, they, they were part of that belief that doing the 1,000 calories a day, uh-huh. it makes you live longer because eating, the process of digestion, is like yeah. it's wearing out your engine. It's a big Perhaps. part of your body. It's a lot of work. So the less you eat, the better you'll, the longer you'll live. It's a theory that's out there. A lot Perhaps. Of yeah. to it. You know, I get into weird concepts when I start thinking about age and things that are supposed to make you live longer i'm like what's well, the oldest somebody has gotten let's say at the high end 125 maybe yeah you know? and then like that i think is not correct but i'm just saying at a high end i don't think anybody's gotten over the age of 125 maybe they have but what kind of life is that from 100 to 125 no <laughs> it's so sharp if you still have those right this is this is something i this is something i've discussed and not to be morbid but do I really want to live that long? Like yeah. where where I I can't keep you know a basic body function start to. I've told both of my boys very seriously. If you have to wipe my ass and I'm wearing a diaper, I want you to just make you wipe yourself. Me, pillow me like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. You just, say that now. You oh no! Now. I, I will, you're going to feel that way. Oh, I will. Oh no! I'm committed to this. Yeah. I have no desire. To have somebody else wiping my ass 
just so I can live another five years in some decrepit state. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. The thing is, too, those guys who live to be 125, they get to have a pretty decent life up to 99, maybe. And so they're maybe. just extending maybe the good they part do, of it. Just no, that's live true. Decrepitly, true, yeah, it's hard miserably time. from the time they're 60. That's true. Well, but. the thing about it, though, is if you have friends or kids and you live to 120, or let's just say 110, because that has happened certainly plenty of times. So generally, your kids are about 20 years younger than you. You're living to 100. Your kid's 80. You probably outlive all of your kids. Yeah. Your grandkids aren't going to really want to have anything to do with you, probably. And they're going to be like in their 40s and 50s. Yeah, they're already arthritic and old. We got we to deal with the freaking grandfather who's like, you know, 100 years old. You know, and many good families, they do take care of those people. I've seen that happen. But in general, sure. all of your friends are probably dead by then. And what new friends are you going to get? It's not like you're going to make them playing freaking skee-ball at a local arcade. Is that the only way to make friends? <laughs> it is. You can meet friends at the book readings and um, book burnings. Various things the that elderly people burnings. can enjoy. Elderly, elderly people, people can enjoy. After they do a good hard day of skee-ball, they go out <laughs> book, they, book burning. They, they have the strength to do that, to throw a few books on the pyre. That's what they're into. And you can meet people... You can talk about how much you hate that book, and you become friends. I don't you have Pally with them. Pally. Pally. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough, but, but you think, you know, it's like you, you get to a certain age, you get that old, you know, the body just starts falling apart, so now, now somebody's got to, like, take care of you. You've got, you know, full-time nurse. You got, you're, you're, you're a burden on society at that point. Yeah, I guess there's something to be said about those ice flows back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard those stories where the Eskimos would send the elderly out on ice flows whenever they got to a certain age so they wouldn't have to deal with them anymore. Yeah, it's got to be a nicer way to bump them off. That seems pretty cruel. I, it's no. like cruel till they're out of sight. <laughs> no, no, if you think about it. And then you they're like, about, you can't see them anymore. You think about it, the, one of the probably better ways to die is hypothermia. You get out there on the ice flow, and your body just starts shutting down, and you just want to go to sleep. Well, you just throw them in the water, then. And then you're dead. Yeah. Uh, I hate being cold, long enough to drown, and I hear drowning is pretty bad. Yeah. But the hypothermia painful. might set in before you drown, if you're in the cold water. Possibly. But if you just leave them out on sitting on a thing of ice, then they're not drowning. Yeah, I suppose that's one way. I think there should be more creative ways for people to, like, off themselves, though, in terms of uh, if you're getting that age, like, you can get shot out in a rocket or something, like, shot into space. Oh, that would be fun. I'm all for it. Yeah. Death Race 2000, bring that back. You have to run away from cars. It would be more like a video game. There'd be too many kids too into that. They'd be putting people who aren't ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm only 49. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, we don't need we don't need Logan's Run. <laughs> like, that was thirty, I think, right? Yeah, yeah I think it was like when you turned 30. thirty, they then they killed you. Yeah. If runner. this was Logan's Run, I'd be throwing the green by now. <laughs> You're like combining movies. Yeah, sorry, that's an old joke. It's like, yeah, but, uh, what do you mean? If, I, if this was Logan's it's, Run, I'd be throwing yeah. the green by now because I'm why over thirty. Is, why is that an old joke? Well, because I saw it on an old TV show years ago. I didn't make it up. Oh, okay, I thought it was. I'm not that clever. I thought I was clever. Didn't but you guys didn't. <laughs> I was thinking if you combine the two movies, it would be quite fascinating. If you threw in like Logan's Run, Soil and Green, maybe they eat I'm, all the people. I am Legend as well. You know, all three of them. It'll be like an MCU 70 sci-fi shared universe. So, so that's another oh, diet. 
That's another diet thing. It's funny you should bring up Soylent Green because there is some company, I swear to God, called Soylent. There is. And, and they sell some kind of like bullshit shake thing and it's like the complete meal and it's all you need to eat and you just eat this fucking shake and what the is hell? Is it green? So is it like is it a green? Is it crunchy shake? Bone? No, no. It's hey, like, a pinky know, bone in mine. It's some powder bullshit and you spin it up and drink it with water and kosher salt. I fucking know. <laughs> <Water and kosher laughs> salt. Yum. Is the water I just, kosher? I just thought I just thought the audacity of these fucking yeah. punks to call it Soylent. Really? Yeah. Well, isn't there like a brand of milk somewhere called like Molico, like out of uh, Clockwork Orange? Oh, yeah. well, that would be kind of cool. See that <laughs> the, milk, the milk bar, right? The milk bar and all that shit. That that's kind of got some kind of. But because hey, the milk had like acid in it or something, I can't remember what was in it in the book. Yeah, it was like mescaline, I think. <laughs> mescaline yeah. milk. Mm. Which, mm. if you've done either one or both, I would stay away from the mescaline. That's just me. <laughs> Well, I'm I not mean, just I've, I've eaten so the worm at the bottle of a uh, the uh, the bottom of a bottle of a mezcal, but uh, I didn't really get anything out of it. It was just no, like, no. I'm talking peyote. I'm talking mescaline and the mushrooms and that whole thing. The buttons. Yeah. Ah, did you ever do peyote, Brendan? Are you allowed to say that if you have? Yeah. What did, did. It do, what did it do to you? It's fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's, it's like, like a, the best hallucinations you could possibly get is from from uh, peyote. Yeah, but it's like a slow kind of fucked up sort of thing at least the time i did it didn't you get like some spiritual awakening from it like uh all the Native american no did you say? you didn't talk to the coyote god no <laughs> you didn't find no. your spirit animal nope no now, if you had a spirit to... animal what do you think your spirit animal would be spent a lot of time wanting to throw up mostly oh that sounds like fun yeah so imagine hallucinating and not being nauseous so basically your spirit animal would be a cat with a fur ball yeah, yeah. Yes. Or Velociraptor. Do they do that? Velociraptor. They puke up acid like... on you. Remember that? They they puke and they spit like this vial onto people's faces. And I, I don't remember that. I wasn't around in the days of Jurassicness. Oh, yeah. The Paleozoic well, period either. Well, they made a documentary about it. Did it? Was it called Jurassic Park? Jurassic was that Park, documentary? Yes. yes. Yeah. I think mean, that incredibly horrible joke was coming. I thought it was Jurassic Park is a documentary. So, what what would your spirit animal be, Greg, if you were to have one? Uh, like a Another manatee. Manatee. Okay. Yeah. The sea Another cow. Another Florida reference. Yeah, sea cow. Something something very unattractive, and where you're like, why did nature even make that creature? How does it survive? It can be quite majestic its in its natural habitat. Yeah, majestic. The majestic manatee. I I I have swam huh. with manatees. Yeah. Wow. It makes you wonder if um, people who are from India who scuba dive are actually wor worshipping the manatee as the sea cow. Somebody please get that reference. Anyway. Sorry. Or, or got not. Lost or, me there. Or, or don't. Okay. Well, so, you know, in India. Oh, I did. And so, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, these jokes are for me, everybody. <laughs> No, we're, we're not quick enough. Don't blame yourself. We're being so fun. <laughs> you could be quick be enough, but that doesn't mean it was funny. We should be so, sharper. This in my own mind. that It had potential, and it didn't go where it needed to go. Yeah. So, right, but there's something to be said about diets based on sea cow. Does anybody actually, do people eat the manatees? Is that a, in the culture at all? You think I'm they sure. would be. You think I'm they would have people. a lot of weight, uh, meat to them. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe a long time ago, yeah. you know, um, the Seminole Indians hunted them. But 
I've never, I've never read or seen anything like that. And having lived in Florida for over 20 years, if somebody was eating manatees, I, I feel like I would have dove into that rabbit hole and learned all about it. I, Do you think I, it's illegal now? Do you think they're protected? Probably. Oh, they're, yeah. oh, they're very much protected. We had okay. a couple of years ago, some lady was like trying to hump one and she got arrested. <laughs> arrested for humping a manatee? Yeah. How does that work with a female trying to hump a manatee? She was well, lying. she was, it was more of a, it was more of a, Dry humping rub on the back. Yeah. Dry humping rub on the back of the man. Do you guys know that dolphins uh, sexually assault women who swim with them? Sometimes they're kind of rapey dolphins. There's been many accounts of dolphins getting a little too frisky. Have any of them gone to jail for this? Uh, well, Aquaman wasn't there to arrest them for Me underwater too. crimes, but yeah, I don't think there's underwater <laughs> sea jail. For them. Like uh, you know, Eddie the Dolphin is in prison with. Ah, it wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. I, you know, she said it was okay. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a dolphin from Brooklyn. <laughs> I didn't do it. He's from Brooklyn, the dolphin. Well, just by your accent. <laughs> oh, I didn't, was. I didn't know I had one. It sounded like the '40s Warner Brothers movie. <laughs> hey, I didn't do it. It was a me. me. It was a I had nothing. I had nothing. I didn't even know yeah, her. But I mean, she sorry, she was looking pretty sexy, but hey, you know, you know, she shouldn't have dressed that way. So cheers to this woman for striking back against the Sea Kingdom. Like, <laughs> hey, we can we can rub up against you sometime. You think you can do it just to us? But I, I think the Sea Kingdom has had more abuse to it than the other way around. The, yeah. the, the, the best part of the story was she was a Florida school teacher. Okay. Elementary or high school? Middle school, middle school I middle believe. School. All right. You know, that makes more sense to me because I think the middle school teachers <laughs> probably have to deal with the worst part of a child, you know, because it's that time when they're uh, going through puberty and moving into high school and they're like really confused. And I think it would probably drive all middle school teachers to molest sea animals. I was wondering where I you were heading with all this. These like, how did A get to point C in that story? Oh yeah, obviously you're a junior high teacher. You don't want to hump a manatee. Yeah, it's just, it's just gonna happen. Those kids—they drive you crazy. Yes, I'm glad you could see that, Greg. You got no choice. It all hump a manatee. It all works out. If you think it through, it makes sense. Once I, I again, just the think, soberest I think guy I... here is the drunkest in his thoughts. Yeah, I just think she wasn't attractive enough to do any of her students, which is another common thing here in Florida. Yeah, that's probably what it is. She should have had a makeover. Right. She was putting, like, makeup on the manatee, possibly. Yeah, put a bag over his head. The question is, was the woman um, gay or not? And then, with like, does that affect whenever you're into um, interspecial interspecial relations, does that matter? Good question. Hmm. Does it, Greg? For the for the jury to from your experience in the land of uh, circus people, I don't know about that. Like, I was was curious on bestiality. Like, if you're a gay man, do you not want to have sex with a dog, a female dog? Would you be like, ah, it's a female dog. I don't like female. (laughs) I don't think it was like that. Yeah, I don't think it's so either. I think bestiality is a whole other stripe of like where I don't know. It's probably best if we dodge that whole subject, really. Yeah. So let's go back to um, interesting. Our client. Lord Byron apparently credited his thin, pale look to vinegar and water, and that reemerged in the 1950s as the popular apple cider vinegar diet. 
which has people drink a mixture of equal parts honey and vinegar. And uh, the latest version, which is not scientifically supported, claims that three teaspoons of apple cider vinegar will, before each meal, will curb cravings and cut fat, as well as probably cause all of your teeth to turn to dust. Really? At the end. You know, because vinegar, after a while, it starts eroding your teeth if you're drinking too much. Oh. It also hurts your esophagus as well because you have all that acid going in. Unless you're falling with, like, a bar of soap, then, then that might work. You know, do some apple cider vinegar and then bite on a bar of soap, and I think you'll be set. Do you think maybe honey's a base that would counteract the acidity of the vinegar or no? Honey's not I a base I don't enough. think it's alkaline enough. I don't think okay. honey has that. You know, but maybe um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the right amount of information in my head to answer that. To be honest, I teaching fifth grade chemistry to my homeschooled kid. I don't think honey's got anything going for it to counteract the acidity of acid. Well, I'm yeah. going to give you one of the bastard children diets. So this one is called the Last Chance Diet. That was done in like 1976, and it was uh, drinking a, like a very low calorie liquid a few times a day. The main ingredient, and Greg, I think you'll appreciate this, was a blend of pre-digested animal byproducts like hide, horns, and tendons. This meat wow. was taken off the market after several followers died. So imagine. <laughs> so I think, I think in 76, I think in 76 that came with a cocaine chaser, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe you started smooth. with the cocaine and then you finished it with the smoothie. Yeah, but yeah, hide horns and tendons pre-digested, which implies that Ooh, someone had you? eaten it already and like they took it out of someone's stomach and then made a smoothie out of it. I guess so, this, this is like if like a bird was giving you a diet. Yeah, like a know, mama bird feeding its young, you. regurgitating. What celebrity did that? There was some celebrity that chewed up food and then spit it into her kid's mouth. That's like something like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow would do. It was some yeah. female celebrity. It wasn't Maybe. Jenny McCarthy, was it? No, I don't think. Carol she... Channing? No. <laughs> no, it was some recent bitch. <laughs> oh, oh current. But, but Greg, if... Carol Channing was doing that. How would she sound? Brought her up. Because you kind of sound a little like Carol Channing, yeah, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Champ, champ, champ. Yum, yum. <laughs> Eat up, children. Yum. <laughs> I'm no rich level. I can't do that stuff. Yeah, that's good. You shouldn't be rich enough. I'd, I'd like to ask, though, if we are. I know we're not putting diets on trial, but it does stand to reason that none of them seem to work or they wouldn't keep making up new ones every three years there's a new one it's like should, i mean it seems almost scientific i mean we're not talking about you know psychology is nebulous you know we don't know or things like that self-help well i think but they work is, they're just not they don't science. have staying powder power you know yeah a lot i of guess them it work. just seems like so the, why why do people just say, oh, we're done with this one. Now we're going to do another stupid diet and get into that. Because the they books. keep hoping it's going to be something that That's sticks for people. You yeah, know, there was – um, so there's these two from the early 1900s. One was uh, a businessman who was overweight, made dieting the pop culture phenomenon because he did a chewing diet where he recommended chewing food until it became liquid to prevent overeating. And I've heard things like that over the years too, like yeah. you chew your food. 
that um, it, it eliminates a lot of the desire to eat more because you're still chewing for a while, right? I would think that would be kind of hard of the teeth. And then there was one that was rumored to be popular in the early 1900s was the tapeworm diet. And I thought it was a joke, but theoretically you would swallow a tapeworm or tapeworm pills. The worm would live in your stomach and then consume some of your food and do what tapeworms do. That seems like the best diet ever. <laughs> Perhaps no willpower involved. Eat as much as you want. The tapeworm's going to eat it all. But do you remember yeah. there was an episode of uh, Kids in the Hall where they had these guys who lived in a rundown apartment, and all they did was eat macaroni and cheese with ketchup every day of their lives. And eventually, what happened is they got known to the macaroni and cheese and ketchup companies, and they came in and they said, you guys have won a lifetime supply of macaroni and cheese because of your love of macaroni and cheese. They're like, this is great. And then the, the ketchup people came in and said, because of your, your desire to have ketchup all the time, you get a lifetime supply of ketchup. And like, this is fantastic. And the next thing that comes in is um, uh, the tapeworm guy who brings in food for the tapeworms that they've gotten from eating all the macaroni and cheese and ketchup. And then they do a little song, which is, uh, let me see if I can remember how the song goes. <laughs> they go, do 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 hey, do 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 fattening up my tapeworms. So that was... <laughs> do you really get tapeworms from eating too much macaroni and cheese? I just and, thought you get them... ketchup? I think it was just a joke that that's okay. so unhealthy to eat that as every meal. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese and ketchup, that eventually you would wind up getting tapeworms from that. And so it's good that they got a supply to uh, fatten up the tapeworms with besides the macaroni and cheese and the ketchup. By the but way, he, I, by the way, I, I just checked it out. It was Alicia Silverstone that oh, treats oh. and then spits it into her kid's mouth. Wow. Is the she mama still bird. Doing, she's still doing right. that? Because that could explain why I haven't seen her in a movie in like 20 years. This article's from 2012 and her kid was just about a year old, so Probably not. I hope okay. not. Well, you know, maybe she saved a lot of money on baby food by doing that. You know, just chewing yeah. it up and spitting it the kids. The kid's not going to know any better. Not until they're older. They'll go, Mom, <laughs> but, 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 imagine but, if the kid's 20 and she's still doing it. Let oh, me suggest man. a diet I might be into. If Alicia Silverstone came to my house uh -huh. and pre-chewed my food and then spit it into my mouth, I don't know. You'd be into that? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know that anybody doing that would appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, no matter how hot she is, it's like disgusting. Like, oh, I, she's kind of French kissing you. It's like, like really, I mean, I could just mouth. eat freaking baby food if I want that. But what I'm saying is there would be a certain, like, allure to it, and there'd be a certain revulsion. <laughs> I think it depends on how close to your face you would have to get well, she, for you to appreciate it. She'd have to kiss it. you, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she could drop yeah, it from a, be... you know, if he's like on his back. Right, and like not able to move, and like her head is specifically positioned so that it goes right into his mouth hole. But a lot would miss his mouth and fall maybe, on his cheek. Maybe not. It depends upon what is it that's getting liquefied. Now, if it's like steak, I think it would probably come out more in chunks than liquefied. But if she's like just doing banana pudding, I think it would be easier. <laughs> just, you wouldn't even need that. Like just all I'm, saying, right all I'm saying is that might hold my interest. A little bit more than some of these other diets we've talked about. Alicia Silverstone. But what if, say, it was Michael Phelps doing it? Would you be okay if he did it? Maybe. Okay. All right, so I'm glad Maybe. you feel similarly towards Michael Phelps as you do towards If he had a wig on and lipstick. Well, it just shows that he is not taking sides. No. 
Oh, I kind of am. I mean, if I had my choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know. I think it would be something to be said. It would be definitely a good story to see in the newspaper <laughs> if you have Michael Phelps chewing his food and spitting it into your face as a, uh, a news segment on local news. And probably that would go national. Yeah, definitely. At the very least, it'll go viral on YouTube if you have it a good shot of this, that. This just in. <laughs> Late-breaking news on CNN. Michael Phelps is a bird. We all knew it. Now we've got proof. Well, you know, maybe maybe what it is is because most birds, I think most birds take turns. So maybe one meal it's Michael Phelps, then it's Alicia Silverstone or some other whatever. Wait, you know, wait. Maybe... Birds take turns. There's usually just one mama bird. No, but sometimes birds, there are birds where both mom and dad feed the babies. Oh, I thought you were talking about like other mother birds came in. No, no, I'm just saying. Different, like an eagle would come in and feed a sparrow. No, it no, takes no, village. I'm saying that the mama bird. And then eat the bird, sparrow after it fed it. No, I'm saying the mama bird and the daddy bird in most in most birds, I think, take turns. So okay. one night Beyonce could come to your house. And Did you say you Beyonce? And... Beyonce. I said Beyonce. Beyonce, I hope. Beyonce with a lift? I am from northern Spain, so I have the right to say Beyonce. Like Barcelona? Barcelona. I like I like cilantro in my gazpacho. <laughs> I like it. But uh, And then the next night it could when be Beyonce some other hot actress who I don't even know the names of the hot actresses anymore. That's how old I am. I don't uh, know it's who's. Meat, meatloaf is one. And Hathaway, maybe? That's an actress. Right? It's Hathaway, pretty. not Hathaway. 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 <laughs> Like, I am from Barcelona. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it might it might feed itself into the idea of the fasting because I probably wouldn't want to do that more than once a day. <laughs> Possibly so. I I mean, I could probably vomit it back up. So know, like, I think it depends on how it depends on who made the food. I think. And what kind of food I, it was. I'd I'd take it like a man. You know, as a fat guy, when I was younger, I was very sad about that, the whole bulimia thing, where it seems like the perfect solution. And if it didn't have all these harmful side effects, it's like, yes. yeah, like the Romans, the Romans would do if that, right? If it didn't but, have all the harmful side know, effects, I think is the but, key phrase But there. the decadent Romans would just eat till they were full and then just put a stick of feather down their throat or have a slave do it. And then what, about the non, what about the non-decadent Romans? Um, yeah, they wouldn't do it as much because they weren't as decadent. Because it's okay. pretty decadent to be like, I want to keep eating, so I'm going to vomit so I can even eat, have more sensual pleasure. But how many Romans do you healthy. think were actually doing that? It's like the yeah, just the rich ones. Yeah, okay, the rich a handful ones. of rich guys. Yeah, so they Yeah, because most people can't afford to puke up their precious nutrients, you know. But uh, my question but, is, and maybe it's just me. Do either one of you get that much pleasure out of eating? Like, yes, I do. I, I eat, love it. Okay, that's cool. I eat because I'm hungry, and I eat because I have to. And sometimes I'll make something that I really enjoy the flavor of. But I'm, I've never been someone like I could go all day without eating. In fact, many times I've had people that I work with or my wife like, have you eaten today? I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably should eat. So yeah, I've never I totally physically... understood the, the eating fascination. Although I am overweight for sure, I've never understood the, I think it's mostly because I just eat too much and I eat late. 
But if you eat too much, what are you eating too much of? And why would you eat too much of it? See, I think I eat the wrong kinds of foods. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't eat a lot of them. Like dog biscuits? What are you talking about? No, not dog biscuits. Macaroni and cheese Because that would be the wrong kind of food. Yeah. I don't know. It might be the right kind of food. Um, I don't know. Stuff that's overly calories. I mean, I've been trying to do a better job recently. Uh-huh. I sort of plateaued at my weight because I'm not doing it for... Other, any other reason than, you know, I want to lose weight. And I can't seem to get below where I'm at, which is why I'm like, okay, so I need to exercise. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I think you should look into the fasting thing, Brendan, because you're already kind of on your way there. If you're going through periods of time where you feel like you're just not eating, you can yeah. just extend that and then just eat whatever, you know, floats your boat at the time whenever you're ready to eat. I mean, but I'd say look into it. Don't trust me on it. Just look into it further. Oh, I'd never trust you for you many should. things. Yeah, I know, because I have too many crackpot ideas. Definitely facial hair. Greg has pointed out on numerous occasions. <laughs> but I think I could go a whole day. Sometimes I almost forget to eat, um, rarely. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm so gnawing. I have this gnawing hunger. To me, it's like I just feel like I've deprived myself a great pleasure. Like every day, everything I eat, I'm like, oh, this is great. This is gr- a great part of being alive. It's getting to eat food that I like. Yeah, I, I like the it. act of chewing. I like the flavor of a lot of the things that I eat, especially if I'm using some decent seasoning on it. There, there's and plus there's obviously the cultural aspect to having to eating things where you're eating with other people, you know, oh, yeah. the time like spending discussing the food that you're eating. But yeah, I mean that's the one thing that is the drawback for me from the fasting is that I like the process of eating. You know, I like the activity of it. I like the choices of it. But what I've enjoyed actually about the fasting part regarding eating is that I'm not as picky anymore about what I'll eat whenever it's time for me to finally eat. Whenever I finally like choose to eat, I'll go, oh, I'm willing to put this weird thing on this weird thing and kind of enjoy how it comes across as opposed to going huh what am i going to eat today instead it's like oh i'll take that and that put that together eat it i'll be good and still enjoy it and still enjoy the flavor of it um it's kind of like i'm making myself eat even though i could go another day possibly without eating without there being an issue um and i plan on getting to that point but yeah i think to answer your question um i i just like eating food i i get pleasure you guys and that's cool. I mean, I, I, I've just, I don't necessarily enjoy the process of eating. Well, like, see, live to eat, eat to live. That's what they always say. That's the, some people eat to live, some people live to eat. But, but at the same time, what's weird is I'm a huge foodie. Like, I watch YouTube cooking videos. I find weird shit to make, and I love cooking. And I love, mm. you know, making kind of interesting dishes and eating those. But I'm more into the process of making the food uh-huh. than I am in the eating of it. So you don't appreciate the food that you make after you make it? No, I do. I do. Okay. But it's kind of a whole special deal because I went through the whole process. Like if somebody just goes, you know, I don't get up and go, oh, God, I got to, you know, what am I going to eat? I better eat the, you know, it's like it's almost like if I haven't like put myself into the food that I'm eating. It's kind of like, oh, whatever. Okay. 
I think I was telling you guys last week when I did the thousand calorie a day diet, like I'd have a lunch of like low calorie shitty white bread with Carl budding luncheon meat on it. And it tasted better than any lobster tail or filet mignon. That Unless you had ever... had lobster tail or filet mignon at that well, time. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't. But if but you it had it, so then you would know it would taste satisfying. Better. Like when you're hungry, just the crappiest thing is just exquisite. You're just like every bite. You're like, oh god. Yeah, I, I have so found good. that like when you're hungry, the, the food for some reason tastes better. You know, yeah. I've learned that about the fasting things that I just like the food better, almost no matter what it is. Um, but I haven't tried something nasty yet to decide if that's really the case or not. Yeah. But um, but anyway, we uh, we've hit a certain time where I think we should talk about um, where the money is. Speaking yes. of eating a pizza. Yes, we're getting pennies closer this week. We're at uh, $2.91. Oh, so, I'm going to starve before this pizza gets to me. <laughs> so close to three bucks. Just think about fasting as opposed to that. But yeah, it's I like. I guess. I'm going to have Anyone who's listening to this, and who knows who they are, if you're listening to this, spread the word. We need three more cents for three bucks. We're close. <laughs> Well, three bucks get me though some garlic. Oh, no, we're nine cents. We're nine cents away from three bucks. Nine cents, okay. Yeah. Nine cents. We're two dollars and ninety-one cents is where we are. If uh, three people donate three cents each, <laughs> that's what we're asking people. Three. We only want three people. Yeah. The funny thing about the last episode is we had nineteen plays like the day after I published it, right? And then listenership just dropped to zero the next day and then it was like uh, a little bit higher three plays on one day two plays on another so it's like it had this really big peak i think people like listen to it for the first day so maybe we have a solid 18 or 19 listeners maybe counting us so it brings us down to like 16 yeah so for the price I mean, of a sip of coffee we could be at three dollars a sip of coffee yeah for the a, price of a sip of coffee you of could smelling coffee as nine you by a coffee shop yeah you could get us to our goal of three dollars, exactly. And uh, let's see where um, where people are from. So this week uh, we're at seventy six percent United States, nineteen percent in France, one uh, percent Ireland, less than one percent Canada, Ukraine, Nigeria. But we've added a couple: uh, United Kingdom and Germany, also in the lesser than one percent category. So we're becoming strangely international. And uh, maybe it's because they don't really understand English that well, except for in the UK. So in Germany, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not understanding the math. Uh huh. How do you have that many less than one percent of a total of twenty? What? What's your question? So how many? What was the percent of U.S.? All right. So it's seventy-six percent for the U.S. Seventy-six. Okay. And then nineteen percent from France. Didn't we go up? From, did we have more or less than France before? Did we have like fifteen? We've gone down in France. I've been watching France. the France thing. So we've driven away French listeners. Of our I think we need to stop doing the funny French accents. So seventy-six <laughs> and nineteen. So that puts us at we, like ninety-four percent between those two, right? Yeah. So then Ireland is one percent. So that's ninety-five percent, and then the rest 95%. of them are all less than one percent. So less than one percent can mean anything to get a full hundred percent. That's Ukraine, Nigeria, United Kingdom, and Germany. Right, but how do you have less than 1% of a person? Uh, it's not a person. We aren't talking numbers of people. We're just talking percentage of audience. So let's say, you had, let's say you had 1 million listeners. right? But let's say we had 20 listeners. All right. And we had 95% of 20 is what, give or take? So you're going to be based upon actual numbers? <laughs> well, yeah, that's how math, that's how, how I understand how, math how works. How dare you? Um, 
Let me see. We have from the last episode an estimated audience of twenty-four. Okay. Echo, so the what one is twenty? What is ninety-five percent of twenty-four? So maybe it comes down 4%. to not necessarily a particular listener, but a percentage of time. 95% of 24 is roughly 23. So then we had all these less than 1% of people. So it has to be based on time listened. Yeah, I would think that makes yeah. sense. So guys, it doesn't you make any sense that listen to it for five minutes. You know, it could right. be even less than that number. It's just how Spotify is working out things because it's doing it based on geographic regions or people are like wandering around listening to it. They're like wandering around Europe and you. <laughs> I'm listening to it in Germany for 10 minutes and then exactly. I tune in in Estonia. <laughs> so that's less than 1% Canada, too. I guess I didn't see that one before. All right, we're not Estonia, but uh, Ukraine, Nigeria, United Kingdom, Germany, and Canada right. are the less than 1%. Ireland is the solid 1%. France is solid 19%. U.S. solid 76 Again, we don't know who's listening. If you are listening out there, prove it. Send us an email, qsblawoffices at gmail.com, or go to our Twitter account and say at something QSB mean. Law. At QSB Law Offices, which is quibble, squabble, and bicker, because that's what we tend to do. All right, so uh, does anybody have anything memorable or fraudulent to say to end this particular episode, this client of diets and their bastard children? Brendan, Greg, anything? Build the wall? This has been the Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker Computer Telecast, where any advice has been designed purely for amusement and deep-sea diving. Please take a candy on your way out, pet the lion tamer, and subscribe to this computer telecast if you know what's good for you. The Law Offices of Quibble, Squabble, and Bicker deny all culpability in today's events and are not to be confused with real law offices that have a secretary and books and stuff. Thank you all. Have a good day.